1: Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can find me daily on this show and my words over at NBA Australia and ESPN. Joining me is the longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, also short-time face of the podcast. Uh, he, he loves it when I say that. And from the Athletic Wisconsin, one of the one of the great voices of this podcast history, also enjoys a craft beer from time to time. And also likes to dabble in radio uh, ana- analysis for the Bucks Radio <laughs> Network as well. Eric, name Frank. What's going on, fellas?
2: You d- you should have said Eric is also previously of a ESPN Slinger and ESPN <laughs> Ash- Ashwabanon. Um, I'm not sure if if you remember that 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 bit that joke, then you truly are an old school uh, friend of of this podcast. But um, but yeah, the, I I I'm trying to remember the last time the three of us were on because i think i missed the last time that eric was on for some reason i don't remember why it's probably some made-up reason because i just didn't feel like talking to eric but right um but yeah i mean i'm i'm coming straight from a world cup qualifier this is oh. locked on world cup qualifying tonight what i got here my Eunice musa uh u.s national team pride jersey shout out to my guy kyle longtime friend of the pod uh, for hooking me up with this Jersey had to wear it. And Eunice Musa, the 18 year old midfielder for the U S started his first competitive match tonight. So, I mean, I was like, nobody was more legit here in Austin <laughs> at Q2 stadium than me. Um, so I felt pretty good about that in us one. So that is our locked on soccer moment. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. We got, we got not so competitive. I mean, comp- there was competitive soccer. I don't know that there's going to be very much competitive basketball, here in the offing, I think uh, sounds like there's gonna be a, a, a nobody playing tomorrow and <laughs> tomorrow or today when people listen to this, the Bucks and Nets. Um, but Eric, uh, we we got a bunch of stuff we want to take up. But um, I was just thrilled to see video footage of Giannis Adetikumbo <laughs> dunking all over Sandro uh, Kalashvili, uh today. Um, and you were in the building when Giannis made his his. Long-awaited announcement that he was coming back. Um, so Giannis is back. This is good. I, I this makes me very happy. I mean, we knew he would be back at some point in the near future, but um, I, I don't know that I expected it to be this soon. So to me, it was it was a very good sign.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of this interesting spot where you knew that Giannis is going to plan Ring Night, right? Like, there's just no way that that dude is not going to soak up the joy of hey look at that kevin durant how you doing remember when i won this ring like yep okay cool sounds good hope you enjoy it like there's no way he wasn't gonna play on ring night um so obviously you knew he was gonna get back at some point uh he's listed as out for tomorrow's or i guess today's game uh, by the time everyone gets to listen this one uh so i don't know if he's gonna play in the preseason i don't think he will if i'm being totally honest um maybe there's a game or two where they get him some run uh they have five total uh so maybe one of the home games they get him a little bit of run uh maybe don't have him take the trip to salt lake city i'm not 100 sure how they handle it but i i think he's gonna be ready for the start he'll be there on ring night maybe he doesn't play every game at the start of the season but uh as you can tell from the video um i don't think he he used the ben simmons message to sandro um, I'm but well, it, it looks similar to what Giannis has done to Ben Simmons in the past. Uh, he's he's just a little bit too small. Uh, so yes, Frank, uh, getting the practice video makes everyone feel a lot better. Uh, no surprise here though, right? Like this dude, seven days after suffering an injury that was supposed to keep him out three months put up 20 in a finals game and then 40 and 10 in the next two and then 50 in a closeout game. So, uh, he is superhuman in many ways. And that was always going to be the case, but yeah, it, it does, it does feel good to see him out there and, and have some idea that he's going to be back.
2: It's been uh, fun. I was, I, I was just curious as you were talking about back to back. So the bucks first back to back of the year is, um, October 30th and 31st spurs at home. And then, jazz at home so actually it's kind of a a, a rare back-to-back home uh homestand. so um so yeah it's going to be at least a little while before he would potentially have to go back to back but as you as you were saying i mean wouldn't shock me at all if if they if they opt to rest him a bit early in the season can you go ahead
1: well i just eric mentioned ben simmons and i i thought it was fitting that he mentioned ben simmons because looking at that highlight package that the bucks released, that was some ultimate summer workout stuff. He had a jump shot going. And then he knocked oh, down a yeah. three. He had a hook shot. So I guess <laughs> the, the question I have for you, you guys is, what can't Giannis do? He's I, I think that he might have been faking this injury, and he's going to come back with a, a sublime hook shot. Uh, he's going to be knocking down threes left, right, and center. Uh, that was some pretty nifty stuff from the Bucs. And I, I guess for Sanjo Mamu Kalashvili, uh let's hope he can bounce back from that that was I mean we're, <laughs> in the, we're on the practice floor guys that was some pretty aggressive stuff
0: yeah calm down a little bit Giannis. you don't have to bully him uh, quite that hard especially because you know I asked Mamu the other day he had a pair of of Giannis's on and I was like was that something that Giannis mandated like was that did he tell you you have to do that he's like I'm just trying to stay on his good side like I'm trying to be on the best side possible this dude didn't work apparently maybe he needs to buy more shoes he wasn't buying enough uh greek freak merchandise so uh, that mom was gonna have to figure that one out but i mean the thing i i do find myself wondering about this season and it it does sound like you talked about Giannis a little bit earlier this week but the thing i'm fascinated with is when you think about Giannis and what he can do uh i don't really hear a lot of people being like what if that dude in the finals is the new Giannis?" Like, what if that's just, like, what he does for his season? And I'm not saying 40 and 10 and 40 and 10 and 50. I'm just saying, like, if he gets to that hook shot, it's going in. If he gets to a mid-range jumper, it's going in. Like, maybe that is only when I need to pull it out for the finals. And, you know, it's like the same thing as when LeBron used to have his LeBron games, right? Like, it, the Cavs are tied 2-2. They need a win. Okay, you know LeBron's going to put up. 40 points and eight assists and eight rebounds and they're going to win. Like maybe that's just what it is for Giannis now, but I do find myself like thinking back and I told you both this earlier this week, like last year, after the Lakers won in the bubble, we all heard people talk about how is Anthony Davis, the greatest big in the history of bigs. And, you know, is this guy changing the game? because he shot 55% or whatever it was from mid range in the bubble and 40 some percent from three. And I haven't heard anyone be like, what if Giannis is just the best player in the league now that hasn't even been discussed. What, what if that is possible? So I I don't know. It's, it's an interesting thing to me that uh, the bucks are largely met with skepticism, which I think anyone who's ever covered the Milwaukee bucks or talked about the Milwaukee bucks for any amount of time understands that just, it's going to be how it is. People don't really want to think about Milwaukee having the best player in the league for the foreseeable future, but it feels like a very real possibility.
2: It's kind of ironic because on the one hand, you know, I think the nets are obviously the betting favorites, but if it does seem to be like the consensus that the bucks are, if not the clear cut number two or one, a one B type thing with the nets. um, I think some people would say like the Lakers are also there or the Lakers might have, you know, maybe they have a better chance of getting to the finals just because they don't have to go through the Nets to get to the finals. Um, but it is kind of a weird situation because the Nets are obviously the betting favorites, um, which I, I don't have a problem with, you know, just given right. the talent. And they obviously had a good offseason. Um, but yeah, it is kind of a weird thing because I think the line between kind of projecting forward what the Bucks are, by looking back at what happened in the playoffs and specifically, obviously people are going to fixate on the net series because you're talking about those two teams a lot. Um, It's kind of a slippery slope between fixating on that and then not looking at what happened after that. And I think the trajectory of the Bucks was obviously one of kind of steep incline overall, I would say in the playoffs. Um, And I mean, really, I mean, the Miami series, obviously they looked really good in the Miami series and it was really just the first, you know, whatever, call it, Three-ish games of of the net series, I would say, that were really disappointing. And granted, there there were some, (laughs) definitely some parts in like, you know, even game four or five, um, that that were rough, and and even you know parts of game seven. But, um, but you know, I I think, I think to me, it's it's it is kind of the flip side of, Bucks shot like shit. They didn't play well (laughs) at all in that series offensively, and you know they still won a game seven with Kevin Durant playing, you know, like a top five all-time NBA player, basically. So, so yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I definitely, you know, and I would say, you know, for fans, right. Like I would say, don't, you know, I would just encourage people not to get too worked up or kind of worry about it. Cause at the end of the day, like, you know, people can kind of poke at things that happened last year. I'm like, I'm so sick of hearing the like Kevin Durant shoe size stuff. Cause it's just like, okay. I mean, you know, like, th- th- yes, NBA games get turned on like single plays. It's, that's the name of the sport, right? Like people make last second shots, you know, whatever it is. Um, it's just become such a kind of trope at this point. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, it's like at the end of the day, like they can't take away the championship and in particular, they can't take away the way that championship was won, and and I think you know that's where really the 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 focus on Giannis obviously is especially clear because of just how incredibly he was in the finals. And um, you know, it's kind of wild to look at what he did in that Nets series when he was really figuring out how to attack them for like half of that series. And you know, he was putting up, I think, other than Game Two, I want to say, I think he put up thirty every game of that series. And, you know, especially games three, four, it still feel like he was really figuring out kind of like how he wanted to attack. And, you know, there was maybe a over, over willingness to shoot threes, things like that. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's just kind of like, it is what it is. Um, I, I think, again, there's always going to be, if you want to find the person on Twitter who doesn't respect the Bucks or you know doesn't respect you know whoever like you can always find that person i'm mm-hmm. always amazed at like the random stuff that like bucks fans like retweet into timelines just to dunk on people i'm just like how did you find like some of these <laughs> random idiots with these like terrible takes who like don't even have many followers like are you just like searching for like Giannis mentions and say it's just, it's just bizarre so you know i mean ultimately like Giannis is untouchable you know and it's at this point, the only question is, you know, how many tri- titles can he win? Can he get into? To me, it's just a question of, like, can he be a top 10 all-time player? Or is he going to be, you know, again, assuming Snell's, is he going to be, like, the 15th best player when he ret- <laughs> when he retires, right? right? Um, you know, I saw a couple rankings this week where I think he was, like, around 24. I forget. I can't remember which one. It was. HoopSite might have had one where he was ranked, like, 24th, right? Already, you know, at the age of 26, which is just kind of crazy to think.
1: So, Eric, uh, I'm glad that Frank mentioned the Kevin Durant shoe size because we just went through media day a couple of weeks ago. And to Kevin Durant's credit, he even rolled his eyes when he got asked about it. And I thought his answer was pretty good, honestly. I mean, you've got to give Kevin Durant respect. He's just like, well, I I don't know how you can sit here and say we would have won the title if if my foot wasn't on the line. Do I think about it? Of course I do. But, I mean, it's such a ridiculous hypothetical uh, to bring up. I want to talk about motivation a little bit though, because I think it's interesting. You win the NBA title. They go through the run that they had. You've already spoken about Giannis. So what motivates the Bucks this year? Because we are talking only two months, two, three months removed from when they won the NBA championship. Before that, I'll talk about Sleeper. Uh, I don't know if you play fantasy basketball, Eric, but in 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games have been won and lost based on whose player had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense and required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, which is perfect. If you have Giannis, I would suggest after watching last year's regular season and uh, the postseason, if they have the Suns on the schedule, it might be a wise idea to get Giannis into your lineup for that Phoenix Uh, match up there so you can mix and match a little bit Uh, sleeper crack the fantasy basketball code if you play fantasy football if you prefer building out a weekly strategy versus daily busy work you're going to love game picks just download the sleeper app and start a league with your friends today you will not be disappointed so when it comes to motivation eric uh, where do you stand here? Because we've had discussions ourselves in our in our group chat or whatever, and we send each other texts and we try and predict win win totals. And I honestly think it's a little bit challenging this year to know how they're going to approach it, not only because of the short off season, not only because they achieved the ultimate, and maybe some guys just have that natural feeling of being pretty satisfied about what they were able to do. But last year, I think they also learned lessons of how to approach the regular season. So you're obviously talking to the guys on a daily basis. What are you sensing and, and how do you predict that this regular season is going to go and where this team is able to find the motivation for you know, what they hope will be a back-to-back title? Yeah, I mean,
0: obviously, Kane, you've covered this team as well. And
1: I think like the most
0: obnoxious thing about covering this Bucks team is that no matter when you ask Bud or John Horst a question about you know what they're trying to do it is the exact same answer it is we're just trying to get better every day and it's so annoying because you can just say it right like you can just say it and i think what's interesting to me now is that they said that for 3 years without a championship right like for 3 years it was we're trying to get better every day at that point, I could feel like the message is uh, empty, uh, meaningless. Well, at the end of those three years, you won a championship. So like now does that idea ha- have real meaning? Like if if you're one of the new guys coming into the team, if you're Shemi Ojale, if you're Rodney Hood, like if you're Grayson Allen, if you hear what I would have called meaningless just drivel like you now hear that you're like hey you know what maybe that's possible <laughs> like maybe that is actually how it happens drew holiday just had his best three-point shooting season of his career pat Conton just had I'm, that's the best season of his career right like it's three-point shooting i know but i think overall that's the best season of his career like this is a thing that keeps happening if, if you go all the way down the line like this isn't brooke lope that wasn't brooke lopez's best year of his career because he used to be an all-star but like as a role player that was probably the best season of brooke lopez's career like all of those things keep happening so i think like as far as like a motivation standpoint it isn't hey we're gonna prove all these people wrong they did that last year like that that kind of outside motivation i don't think is there but i do think like all of the things that they've been preaching and all of like the ideas that they've been trying to get across now have even more meaning than they did when they were empty and it was just the thing that they said to get them through the season that led to a championship. So now I think all of that means a little bit more. And again, you could call bullshit on me again, right? Like you would say, Eric, it's still all meaningless dribble. Okay. Maybe that is true, but I do really get the feeling that around this team, that is kind of like how they motivate themselves and how they get through what is like a really true and real grind like if you go all the way to the finals like you're talking what is it eight months nine months like it is a long time and to get through it maybe you need some meaningless drivel to get yourself through it but i i really do think like this is like the full-on belief up and down the organization that's how they get through eight months of being in a good place would you say is that
1: (laughs) Yeah, so, you know we're in a great place
0: right now. Uh, no worries. Yeah, exactly.
1: But Bud said uh, Giannis is in a good place six times in one quote the other day. Unbelievable. <laughs>
0: he's in a good place. You're in a good place. You're in a good place, Kane. What else are you wanting to say?
1: To be fair, I yeah. think Giannis is in a good place. I mean, he's he's had a, he's he's had a good <laughs> couple of months.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say I was, I, was, I I just was thinking of the TV show The Good Place on NBC and. I was just wondering then of the, you know, the, the moment where they're like, wait, is this the bad place? Um, <laughs> it felt like that way at times, uh, yeah. especially like in game two of the net series, but um,
0: game Four, Atlanta.
2: That game four, oh, that was, that was the bad place. Yeah. That absolutely. was the worst <laughs> place. That was the worst <laughs> effing place. Um, but I, I thought, I mean, I, I go back to Giannis's comment. I mean, I think all of us would say like, we have no concerns about Giannis remaining motivated. Um, I think, and it makes sense because, I mean, Giannis, because of kind of the... And I don't think Giannis, like, you know, is like legacy chasing. I don't think that's ever really sort of his mindset. But, you know, I'm sure in some quiet moments, sure, he thinks about, okay, I've got one championship. Awesome. Um, he's driven, I'm sure, to to try to get closer to what, you know, some of his, his idols have done and what some of his contemporaries have done. You know, LeBron with four... KD with uh with a couple you know i i'm sure that motivates him to some extent i don't think that's you know why he gets up in the morning i think he's got a more sort of intrinsic drive that that he's sort of alluded to and i i mean the comment he made at media day about like the great players being con men and and you know sort of like tricking themselves into motivation to to be better i thought that was i mean it's true it was very interesting i mean it's like a very I guess you could say a very typical Giannis type of thing to say, because it was just like so kind of straightforward, but like it was almost so earnest and just kind of cut through the BS that you normally expect to hear. Um, so again, I mean, Giannis's string of um, kind of like, you know, insightful media type, insightful media moments um, continues after, you know, as good as he was, you um, on the floor he was he was almost as good off the floor in terms of his media stuff last year during during the playoff run um and yeah i think and and it can get him back to like the idea of you know the the media quote unquote respect factor it's kind of interesting because it's like on the one hand i don't think the bucks i mean i think they're used to that right because they've been questioned you know they were they were questioned since buds got there i mean there's been the like well are these guys for real are they a regular season team so it's not like they've ever been favorites per se um i think maybe regular season favorites like in the last two years right people thought they'd win a ton of games uh but i i do think it's interesting now because now that they've actually gotten to the top now the skepticism is a little bit different and it's more about you know well they're really good and nobody i don't i, mean, I haven't heard anybody who you know whose opinion matters in any way suggest that the bucks are not great team and have a chance to win a championship so again like you know we're gonna have to if you're as a fan trying to be a con man and you know find the random (laughs) twitter idiots who say like you know the bucks are are not legit or (laughs) whatever dark places of twitter you can you can find horrible things in um you know i think it 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 will be interesting I, i do find it interesting to wonder like how much the fact that they're mostly not being put quite at that brooklyn level like Will that motivate, you know, does that motivate them? How does it motivate them? Um, I'm sure. I mean, it's just human that when you play those guys, like you're going to be kind of thinking about that. And I think one of the things that I don't know for sure, I don't know that I have a, a, a clear answer on this question of how much do the Bucks care about finishing above the Nets in the standings, I think is an interesting question. I don't think the Bucks are going to, you know, I think we'd all agree like the Bucs are not going to play Giannis 35 minutes a game and put him out there 82 times in order to try to win the regular season number one seed in the East. Um, I do kind of wonder though, you know, I mean, home court is generally good. Um, maybe the way the Bucks suck at game ones, it's actually not as good for them because then you're losing – that key home game right right away. Um, but I am interested just to see like, you know, do the Bucs let any of that kind of motivate them at all? I mean, we'll never really know, but, or, or do they kind of keep it purely like we just want to be as good as we can be? Whatever else doesn't matter. I think that that will, I think that is what sort of how their brains kind of work day to day. But, you know, again, I, I don't think it'd be a bad thing to be the number one seed um, if only because it, it potentially also just sets you up. Like, I don't think you want to be the, the, you know, uh, like last year, right, to be in a 2-3 with the Nets um, and know you have to play them before the finals, of for the East finals. Um, and it kind of worked out last year with the injuries and everything, but I don't think, you know, anybody would, would choose to do that again this year. So, again, how much do the, the regular season, you know, standings, how much does that motivate them? I don't know if it motivates them a ton, but I just think they just want to be good. And I think, you know, they're not a team that, you know, I think last year we kind of wondered like, hmm, are they thinking that they can kind of flip a switch, you know, when they weren't really playing that great defense and it wasn't really working out all regular season. Um, but I, I think we kind of saw it. I don't think they flipped a switch, but they just sort of figured some things out in the playoffs. And um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm... As we were talking about, I was like kind of thinking too, like, you know, I, I think the defense is gonna be better this year. I don't know what the offense necessarily will be. Um, but hopefully having full gyms um, will quiet down opponent three opponent three point shooting. Uh certainly the, the regular season um for a lot of teams that allowed three pointers, allowed a lot of three pointers last year, um, that were a lot better defensively the previous year before the crowds went away, are probably thinking the same thing as the Bucs, but that's kind of a generally a different topic.
1: I remember going back to, uh, it was 2009 or 2010, whatever. My memory's gone. But I remember uh, the the season after the Bucs lost to the Hawks in the postseason when Andrew Bogut was out. I remember reading NBA.com, the power rankings, and coming into that season, there was a lot of optimism around the Bucs. 50 wins. Yeah, I I think they were in the top 10 in the power rankings. And I remember just like this power rankings. I was ready to print out the power rankings and, and frame it. (laughs) And and, I was like, this is like one of the greatest moments of my life. They've got the Bucs in the top 10. This season is going to be awesome. And, of course, they absolutely stunk. But I did look up this morning uh, the betting favourites because I think it's kind of a funny conversation. I mean, we sit there and say, well, are the Bucs being respected? And it's like, well, they're the third favourite to win the title. I mean, come on. Like, they're they're right up there. And actually, only five of the last 10 years, the preseason betting favourite has won the title. Two of them were uh LeBron in Miami and then the other three were the Golden State Warriors so I mean it's it's fair to say that there's a lot that goes into it we know there are injuries but if you do want to check out the betting odds you can at betonline.ag as always bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface even more odds props and contests BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football so we know we have a lot of Packers fans listening here so you can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit don't forget to use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your, your favorite sports bet online where the game starts and uh eric have you had a built bar before i mean justin's a built bar fan frank said build bar have you had a built bar so
0: honestly this is like where i think our friendship has like kind of fallen that like i haven't I haven't been sent any like I I assumed you would have some sort of hookup that I would get like if if all these other people are. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I guess I should have hosted 700 episodes
1: instead of 600. Like, I guess 600 wasn't enough. I I needed to host 700. Well, to be fair, I, I know you are these, these days a little bit of a big shot, and we're going to get into your radio career in a second, but uh, I believe Justin and Frank actually dipped into their own wallet and paid for the built Bar. So Bar. I don't, I don't to, believe that. I don't believe that for a second. That is also an option that you can do, Eric, but the good news about that is <laughs> that we have got a deal for you if you want to get some built Bars. Just go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED for 15% off at com. so Eric, uh, you can... Check back in with us next time. What's uh, the you, what's the best flavor? Like, what should I be buying? Well, me and Eric, uh, sorry, me and Frank, uh, do we disagree or we agree? I, I'm a We're peanut
2: butter. We like peanut butter. We, you like peanut butter too, don't you?
1: Yeah, I like yeah. peanut butter, coconut. I'm a, I'm a yeah, coconut. coconut I,
2: I like coconut too. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, me all and right, Frank. No, but, that's right. that. That's the recommendation.
2: The, the biggest, the biggest problem is they have too many flavors. Like, because yeah. I did get some free ones, and that was when I kind of found the ones I liked. And then they kept sending me free ones, but they send me all the like these. They they're constantly coming with new flavors. I'm like, how? There's like some crazy food scientist dude just, just right, cranking just going out new it. built bar flavors, and I'm just like, I just kind of want the the other ones. So I actually I've, I have bought some some of the original ones because they just kept sending me the new the new stuff. But but yeah, you want I still the old really... reliable.
0: You want the old reliable? Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm yeah. It's kind of amazes me that they can like from a production standpoint that they have so many different, that it's like even worth doing that as a company to have so many different flavors. But um, wow. I don't know. They're probably like, they probably, I mean, you know, they probably like test them and they see what works and, you know, they see Kane talking about coconut and they're like, okay, let's keep the coconut going. People, people want the coconut.
1: It's like jelly beans and Harry Potter. There's, there's so many flavors, except uh, they, they don't, to be clear, they don't have a flavor. There's no check
0: these... flavors. There's no check yeah, the... flavors. No,
1: okay. no, you're not, you will not get sick. I can guarantee you, but just all the, all the good flavors you can get. So uh, okay. that's really the main point. I had someone ask me this question earlier today. We did the Locked On NBA podcast uh, season preview. And one of the questions was, how can the Bucs actually get better? So we've already spoken about, look, Giannis can take another step. That's fine. But you're already talking about a two-time MVP. I'm curious to know what you guys think. Is there a specific area? Because Frank, I know you mentioned the defense and I spoke about that on yesterday's pod. I do think that that's the logical area to say that they can have regular season improvement. But I also think about it and I, and I do think the success they had in the playoffs is a lot to do with effort levels that you're simply not going to reach in the regular season. Like, you're just not going to do it. I mean, that, that's that's unrealistic. So... Is there is there some other area that you you look at and you see obvious improvement where it could come from?
0: I mean, so with the defense, I think Frank already mentioned, right? It was like thirty eight and a half percent opponent three point shooting last year, forty
2: four percent from the corners.
0: That's probably worse, just going to come worse down in
2: the league. Worse in the league, forty four percent allowed from the corners, and they don't they don't allow tons of attempts from the corners, but right, yeah, just everybody freaking you know turned into steph curry when you were in the corner against the bucks
0: right and like as our good friend seth part now always says like there is some jedi defense on three point like miss it okay great and sometimes teams do so um i do think that's a pretty natural spot where those numbers are going to come down whether or not the bucks change anything or do anything better like it'll just come down Um, So I think that's probably a good spot. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they shoot 42%. Who knows? I'm an idiot. Um, So like that's one spot. I I do think um, if you look at kind of what they do offensively, uh, I really do think like the dunker worked last year, right? Like that was something that you saw really messed with teams. And I'm curious to see, you know, we saw them experiment a little bit more with like their spacing and stuff like that. I think Grayson Allen is a better three point shooter than Dante DiVincenzo. And if all of a sudden, I don't know, Grayson Allen shoots 43% from the three point line, like these things aren't unheard of, right? Like George Hill shot 50% from three for a season. (laughs) Like that, that's a thing that occurred when you just get to play with Giannis and you play in the system and you have the freedom. Like, I do wonder if that offense can become a little bit more high powered because you know the other night that was a strange lineup uh none of the regulars are playing and Grayson Allen still managed to get to the rack some and if there's a little bit of that mixed with better three-point shooting than Dante DiVincenzo had he's not the defender Dante is like I'm, I'm more than willing to admit that but I mean I think at this point you've seen that if Giannis is on the floor or Brooks on the floor that's going to be a really good defense. Like that's just kind of how it works in Milwaukee at this point. Uh, add in Drew High and all of a sudden three point defense is better. You have a better defense. You have a better offense. Is that going to make them like noticeably better? Is it going to be like, oh my gosh, this is a 70 win team? No, probably not. But could they like sneak up to 60 again? Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's far-fetched at all. And, and I, and part of like the thing I was talking about with Giannis before is I do think there's, like, the the idea of, like, skepticism and imagining, like, worst-case scenario, which is fine. But I don't think people spend as much time on, like, best-case scenario. And, like, if the defense does just naturally get a little bit better and the offense is improved, all of a sudden you're looking at 60-plus wins and, you know, the one seed in, the like, the best record in the league. Like, that's a thing that could happen. Uh, so – those are the kind of things that I think it's Grayson Allen on offense, kind of making them a little bit more dynamic uh, and then defensively just kind of the natural regression, whatever you want to say to the mean.
2: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think defense is the obvious thing. Um, And, you know, it's uh, again, as, as I mentioned briefly earlier, the fact that uh, arenas were not full um, I think logically it follows, you know, that the huge spike that, I mean, there was a broad improvement in three point percentage across the league last year. Um, the fact that there weren't fans in, in stands, I think was probably part of that. And um, you know, three point percentages went, went down a fair bit in the playoffs, perhaps most notably the bucks own three point percentage, 32%. <laughs> um, and again, there's a lot of other things happening there with, you know the quality of playoff teams, the intensity, as Kane was mentioning as well. But, um, but I do think just some some regression um, to the mean from three point percentage for opponents um, could help. I I don't know, I don't. Yeah, I, I think as for the Bucks' own offense, um, I, I would agree with you. I mean, I think they are a little bit deeper. I mean, you know, part of it too, I think to me is just like what are they doing? You you, you kind of think of like the the weak spots in the lineup, and you know, backup four I think, remains the obvious one, um, you know, as much as, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be rooting for for Thanasis. I mean, if Thanasis plays a lot, it's not going to help your offense, you know, <laughs> and overall, you know, the team with Thanasis on the floor is, you know, noticeably worse than it is with him on the bench. Um, and, you know, same was true of P.J. Tucker on the floor during the regular season. They were bad with P.J. Tucker on the floor during the regular season last year. Um, so, you know, really all season, even after the PJ trade during the regular season, um, they never really had, you know, non-Giannis lineups that 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 could really be effective. And it's interesting to look at the I was looking at the starting lineup versus non-starter um scoring margin stuff the other day. And um it's it's actually funny because the year two of Bud was when the starters were just like complete knockout amazing, like plus 18 or 19 or something like that. Um, but year one, they were only plus six points per one hundred. Like, you know, and the team was at plus nine, I think, overall or something like that. So the the bench. Was... Malcolm
1: Proctor Malcolm Proctor, get him out of there! Get him out of there!
2: Good decision, host. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, let's calm down. <laughs> but uh, but it, it it was interesting how like you know year to year. The splits and last year was pretty much like right in between i think it was like they were like plus 10 or 11 with the starters and and in each of those years i mean the starting lineups had a lot of consistent run together because those guys were generally pretty healthy uh so it's interesting because you know the second year is really the, the peak year as far as like point differential but the first two years they were just both like you know best in the league plus nine to ten net rating and then last year i think it was a little under six um, so it, it was, you know, largely last year it was the, the, a big drop off in terms of the bench lineups. And, um, you know, I think defensively, the obvious issue, which they're still going to have to manage around this year, given the depth in the in the front court, um, you know, defensively, you go from your backup center being most nights Robin Lopez to Bobby Portis. Hey, look, I think it worked out fine in the end when they win a the championship and Bobby Portis is making huge plays and hitting buckets in the fourth quarter of a closeout game. But I think Bobby's defensive rating lineups, Bobby lineups without Giannis or Brooke on the floor, were I think gave up a 121 defensive rating last year. Went up to 126 in the playoffs. Um, yeah, that doesn't work. Those lineups, <laughs> those lineups aren't going to be able to defend. Um, and I think you know Bobby has shown improvement defensively. I think. You know, I, I said this on on the dunked on preview as well. To me, you put Bobby closer to the screen, just put closer to screens, you play him up higher on the floor. You know, hey, he's not the ideal switch defender, but I think he's better switching than he is dropping. Um, and so I think that's one of those kind of areas that we'll see if the bucks can be better defensively, because that's an obvious an obvious area that you know you want to be amazing with with Brooke and Giannis on the floor, at least one of them on the floor. Um, but in the, you know, I think it was like over a thousand possessions without either, um, are you going to be just a complete dumpster fire or can you be, you know, average maybe? Right. Um, you know, all those things can kind of contribute to, um, to kind of the overall net rating. And then in the end, right, that's, that, that's sort of how I was thinking about, like as far as like, oh, you want to win more games. Okay. Well, how do you increase your scoring margin? Right. How do you get better at offense or better at defense? Um, I, I don't think the Bucs are going to be the historically great defensive team we saw two years ago. I think that was just, I don't want to say an anomaly, but just a lot of things just all kind of worked great. Um, and I think since then, we've seen a lot of other teams sort of try to do more of what the Bucs do to varying degrees of success. So I think it's also, and, and not that what the Bucks are doing was completely novel and revolutionary because I mean, it wasn't right playing drop defense has been done for a long time, but, um, but they were just really, really good at it. And, I think night to night, teams just, you know, weren't used to playing teams that played it as well as as the Bucks did. And now you, I think you see it probably a little bit more than you did maybe a couple of years ago. So, um, so we'll see. I I, I think the Bucks were better defensively. I don't think they're going to be. I would not. I'm not going to here and predict that they're going to be like first. Um, but I think by the same token, put the Bucks in a playoff series. Again, maybe they're not going to be as high. they don't have as high a ceiling without PJ. But I think you know. As I think Eric, you know, in, in the Horst um, comments that we've heard, right, th- his point has been they're going to be really good. They just might be a little bit different. I think that's especially on the defensive end where I think that that kind of difference will principally be. Um, so I'm I'm curious to see how kind of how they experiment. And I think that was probably the one thing that we can expect to see after last year is that we'll continue to see experimentation. I'm sure they'll try to figure out how to use like chemmy if he can be kind of like a PJ Light type guy. Um, Because obviously, it's not like you have that many big men that you can even go to.
0: There is nothing light about Shemi. All right, like if we're <laughs> going to talk about PJ Light, he is not any lighter than PJ. He is—he is a big fella.
1: What is he actually listed at? Like two seventy to two uh, sixty? I by the way, no, we're talking. No, by no, the it's, way, like what, two,
0: it's like two
1: forty. We're also talking pounds. So to be clear, when I say that, I don't even know what I'm talking about. So. Uh, whatever, but okay, 240, 250, whatever that sounds about right. Anyway, he's <laughs> massive, he's massive, and he's absolutely ripped. I remember one time I went down to Marquette, uh, to for, for Celtics practice because I was trying to catch up with Aaron Baines. So we're going back a couple of seasons ago here, Bainzy. and classic, big Bainesy, and and he like was really angry at me. I was terrified, so it was a complete waste of my day. But uh, the gym down at Marquette, wait, I, why, I, was
2: he, why was he angry at you? Were you late?
1: No, no, he can just be angry, and uh, he was. He's, he's told me I had one question. I was only allowed to ask him one question, so <laughs> it, it didn't go well. But anyway, I, the Marquette gym is right there, and all you can hear is, like, the ground is shaking because there's just weights being tossed around left, right, and center. And I asked one of the Celtics guys, and they said, oh, that's just Shammy. He's in there. Lift him. He's, <laughs> he, he causes havoc in the gym. So I'm sure him and Giannis are going to have fun in there. Uh, we are really pushing the time. I mean, we always do when we get together, so there's uh, there's, there's no surprises there. When you spoke about um, things that they'll be experimenting, perhaps, this is this is probably a topic for another episode, so I don't know if it's smart to get into it right now. But one thing I am inter- interested in with the offense, we did see last year that Giannis had to adjust and he had to learn to play next to not only Chris Middleton, but the third guy with Drew Holiday there, and I think he got better at... Playing off ball the longer the season went, uh, being used as a, as a screener in different situations, getting the ball in different spots, t- elbow touches, that five to nine feet range that I just keep banging on about because I think he could be so dangerous there. So, uh, I, again, I don't know if it's going to translate to their regular season rankings because there might be some tinkering there. But I do think that there's still, as you both, as both of you guys pointed to, I think there's room for development uh, with the offense. I mean, and she's centered around Giannis as well. Yeah
0: yeah i mean i was just trying to think about it i think i wrote something that i don't know it was like a 2500 word piece about like the bucks integrating drew holiday and it was like talking with like chris and it was Giannis, and there was a month left in the regular season like they didn't feel comfortable with a month left in the regular season and i i do think again like we're we're always talking about like worst case scenario because I mean, there's a fatalistic nature. I think of any sports person, like you just always think of like the worst thing uh, that could happen, but like maybe they get way more comfortable together. Maybe they like have figured something out and where Drew likes to touch the ball and in, in the actions that he likes and the way that Giannis likes to be off the ball now. Like I, I do think there is something to be said in obviously when an nba team has continuity they tell you how important continuity is and when they don't have continuity it doesn't matter we're really happy to have all these new guys in so like there's always going to be that but i do think like specifically speaking to the idea of like your three main guys getting to know each other better uh, all of that like osmosis bullshit that the warriors pull like where it's just like you know telepathically draymond's like hey i'm gonna look this way but throw it that way and then steph's gonna come this way and Clay's gonna come back like all that stuff takes time it takes reps and and i do wonder if like you said Kane, like those guys getting together and getting more reps and more confidence like if that does actually lead to them unlocking a few
1: more things that they just simply didn't have last year they also didn't practice you know, we—I mean—we overlooked that. I mean, those guys didn't right. practice uh, at all last season. Um, Frank, I wanted to ask him about the radio stuff. Did you have anything else basketball related you wanted to hit before we uh, talk about well, his think, burgeoning career?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to—I want to—I <laughs> want to talk as little as possible about Eric. Um, but uh, I, I, you know, Zach Lowe always brings up Giannis, the screen setter, and yeah. I mean, I think it is worth pointing out. I mean. You know, in the regular season, there was a little bit of a trajectory there, but I think he definitely changed a fair bit in the playoffs, which kind of, you know, I think, Eric, you were alluding to, like, does how much of that kind of translates, right? Um, And what aspects of that is, is that, you know, kind of floater area, post up, short jump hook, short um, Dirk step back. Does that become stuff that he can hit? 47 percent of the time instead of 39 percent of the time if he can i mean that 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 it that matters right um both in the regular season and the playoffs is he gonna can he be a 73 percent shooter instead of a seven instead of a 69 percent shooter um hopefully in the regular season and playoffs um and you know does the especially the the chris Giannis pick and roll does that some become something that they weaponize like on a lot more consistent basis throughout the regular season rather than having that be more of like the here's the thing we're going to go too late in games type type of action um and i think you know pick and roll with true as well can can kind of fall in that same bucket although you know i think obviously the the chris Giannis one is is the most important so see so yeah, i i i mean i'm just i'm just excited you know i mean seeing Giannis, even just some of the like minute of practice clips um I, you know i'm just excited to see Kind of what what's next for these guys um i i'm really excited to just i mean kane we talk about it right like we we try every week to make sure we have kind of like Giannis appreciation during the regular season because <laughs> it's easy to just take for granted what he does um but i think this year in particular like you know we're not going to have sort of the cloud of well but it doesn't matter until the playoffs and we're, you know can you do it in the then? world tour
0: this year it's the
1: world tour yeah yeah, yeah, you're, gonna need, I mean, you're gonna need some. You're gonna need some new material,
2: Frank. That's um,
1: you're gonna have to come up with with some new motivation. I know.
2: I know. This is, um, you know, it's it's gonna be. I, I thought I hope as fans, like people, can really just be like, as much as the playoffs are it, and you've been to the mountaintop, so you just want to go back again. Um, I hope. I, I mean, I think I will, but just enjoy like all those random regular season games because you know it's it's the World Championship Tour and you can just appreciate Giannis doing what he does because he's awesome and he's done it in the playoffs and he's done it in the finals and he's been a champion. And, you know, this is his chance to kind of just reiterate how great he is and, and that he is now, you know, an all time great, um, who, who will be in that top 75, uh, list that whenever that, that officially comes out. So, um, so yeah, I I think just, yeah, I just kind of got excited all over again, seeing, seeing just a, a few, you know, seconds of him, practicing um we'll see we'll see if we see him in the preseason at well. but um but yeah let's talk about let's talk about Eric i so eric you got to give us a background so i mean i guess the story here um dave kane has now been hired as the uh the full-time play-by-play replacing ted davis just um, pulled the rug
0: right out underneath me uh, just yeah right <laughs>
2: I'm I'm and kidding. i feel like that what like the day before he was officially announced they were like, you know, in the preseason, we're going to have nice. Gabe and Eric uh, step in and and broadcast these games for us. So I guess maybe just first give us the background on like kind of how this came to be because um, I did not know Gabe had a background in doing play-by-play. So when I, I flipped it on, I was like, whoa, Gabe's like really good at this. Like he knows how to <laughs> play-by-play. Um, and so tell me about like, How did this kind of come to be you obviously have done a bunch of radio stuff so it's not like radio is new to you um but talk to us about how it came to be and then like how did you prep and i don't know like kind of what was what was it like in the moment because as i was we Kane and i were talking the other day like radio color commentary man you what do you did they tell you like i mean it feels like you have three seconds to make a point in radio (laughs) if that in radio color commentary during an actual nba game because things just happen so fast
0: yeah, I mean, from my perspective, um, you know, it was a call. Let's see, wh- whatever day it is. This is Friday, Tuesday was the first preseason game. Sometime at the end of last week, it was just like, hey, uh, are you traveling? Like, are, like, are you going to be at these games? And I was like, uh, no, like, I'm not traveling for the preseason. And they're like, well, that's perfect. And I was like what is uh it? <laughs> is it perfect because it doesn't feel like it's perfect and because we uh, hate you <laughs> i mean it's great for us because we don't want you around ever
2: <laughs> um
0: no so it was just like well would you be interested in doing this thing and i was like i've never done that and they're like okay yeah that's fine um but we obviously know you and gabe know each other gabe is obviously one of my very good friends um and we're thinking about having Gabe do the game would you do it with him and you know hopefully the chemistry like helps you guys kind of get through this thing that you've like never done before and Gabe i mean he's been calling he's been calling games since he's like 15 years old um so i mean like almost two decades at this point like Gabe is just reps of reps and reps and reps and reps so he's been doing uh play by play forever so uh when they kind of asked me i was like yeah, that's a thing I've never done before. Uh, it's the preseason. I should be able to like cover a game adequately enough because, I mean, I, w- I wish all the guys were playing. It'd be more fun to drop like a too small at some point uh, or whatever stupid things I might want to do on a broadcast to have like Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday or Giannis Antetokounmpo around like that'd be great. But all right, it's preseason, so it probably won't be a huge deal. So, yeah, it, it's it's something I never expected. Um, prep was Mamu Kilishvili. How do you say it? Uh, try to say it over and over again. uh Khalid Zakis, how do you say that one? That's Yergos. Uh, for me, it's easier, right? Like, Gabe is a play-by-play guy. He has to do it. I can do nicknames. I can, I can do whatever I want. Like, I could say that people call... Uh, Yergos GK right up. Oh, yep. There's GK that I, I could make it up. Like people wouldn't know. And I would excuse myself of needing to pronounce this thing. Um, But yeah, so it was pronunciations, figuring out all the places that our, our good friend Johnny O'Brien has been in recent years, like when he was in Israel and they went to Russia for a little bit and then he was in Turkey last year. Like it was, I, I over, I hopefully over prepared. Um, and then It turned out I did not prepare enough because we had to fill an hour of radio when a fire alarm went off in FedEx Forum. Uh, So that was, that was, I'm, let's just say I'm excited for tonight's game because that means I will, fingers crossed, I'll be able to cover a normal basketball game and not need to fill in vamp for an hour on radio because that was, that was a lot.
2: Did you did you have like a bunch of notes like for each player? Did you have like talking points like how did you sort of like prep for it? Cuz obviously when you know cuz I was I was actually driving from from Houston to Austin um and I think like you know I noticed like you had kind of like here's stuff that people have been talking about in the preseason, you know, obviously it was not just purely observations on what was happening in the game was trying to sort of contextualize, especially in a preseason game. Right. Um, It was trying to contextualize, like, who is this play? (laughs) Who is Justin Robinson? And what's the expectation of him? Um, Like what was sort of your, I mean, obviously you're writing about these guys every day, but like, I assume you, you know, had your kind of cheat sheet of notes, talking points for each player. And then it was just a matter of trying to find ways to kind of work those in effectively.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, it was kind of, let's make sure I I honestly set it up like a play-by-play guy where I kind of had like my two sheets set up of, all right, here's 10 players on this one. Here's 10 players on the other one. Uh, and then stats for those guys in their most recent year, like a guy like Justin Robinson was clutch because I'd put down his college stats because that was like the easiest way to cut, like you said, kind of can just like contextualize what he is or what he's trying to do. Uh, And then honestly, for some of those guys at the end of the roster, that was just like talking to people around the organization. Like, Hey, I don't know a lot about this guy. What's he been doing in camp? Like, how does he fit in here? Um, Because for Giannis and Chris, like, I I mean, I have plenty of context for, for like what they do and drew and all those guys. It it was like the bottom of the roster guys. Uh, And then, yeah, it was stats. And then, for each guy at least three talking points that if we happen to have some time to talk about them i could but i mean luckily i have a lot of people that like actually enjoy my work uh so like i could text zora and be like hey you've done radio color commentary before like what should i do what do i need to know and like we had a good conversation i texted marcus and i was like hey you've done radio color commentary before like what should i do and he was like dude yeah, we're, you're just calling the game that we both love just do that like enjoy it it's basketball you love basketball so enjoy the game and it was like okay that's that's a good one and then also zero was like also like don't talk too long like don't you, you know it's like you, you don't have much time so be quick so i am like i'm very interested early in the game i was talking very quickly to try to get in and out of points and then as the game went on, I got a little bit more comfortable knowing that I could bleed into a possession a little bit, but uh, we'll see. I, I have a couple more games left. So hopefully I get better at it. uh, Cause I'm sure some people listen, were like, that sucked. And if it did, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll get, I'll I'll hopefully get better. And if I don't, well, you don't have to deal with me full time. So uh, good luck. We'll get through these four, these next four games together. And it'll be totally fine.
2: Where, where were you actually located when you were calling the game and, did you have a, like, what kind of feed were you watching? Because, you know, I I mean, I assume, did you have like a, like a, a, some sort of official game feed or was it literally just a TV broadcast that you had to go off of?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it it depends kind of on the game. Preseason's a little bit tougher. Like you would typically in the regular season have like uh whatever you're saying, like a game feed, right? Like, I don't know. They have a special, they have a special term for it, but we didn't have that because it's preseason. So like, you're trying to like go through and figure out exactly how to do this. And it's incredible because I had in my ears an arena feed. Right. So like I can hear the, the crowd in the arena and on the broadcast, you can hear the crowd. Right. And they are amazing because there's like a delay between the two. Right. So like our TV broadcast has to get all the way to here. So it's 10 seconds behind the arena. And, the engineers are so good that they can quickly like slow down the audio and match them up. So like for the first play, you're like, Oh, the tip just happened. And I'm not going to see it on TV for like 10 seconds and like four or five possessions in it's matched up. And I was like, Whoa, that is magic. You people are incredible. Like radio engineers, like whoever figures this stuff out, That's amazing because then it just felt like I can hear it the way that I should be hearing it. Like when a John Brandtunk is happening, I can respond in real time. Like it all feels right uh, from a sensory perspective. So it was absolutely incredible. Like people who put that stuff together, they had to do it for, I don't even know how many, like, I guess a season and a half, like, I don't know how they did it, but
1: man, that, that was amazing. Uh, Frank, for someone who didn't want to talk about Eric, you um, really, really, <laughs> really got rolling there. <laughs> so uh, flattered, Frank. Thank so you. So, I, 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 when you had your game notes, uh, did you have Jamarant Ken Dunk in your game notes? Uh, did you need to to scrub up on that or what? Uh,
0: I mean, it, that was a real surprise. Uh, I. <laughs> Uh, you know, he just kind of flew in the air and it was like, wow, you can actually do that. Uh, I honestly, I felt bad uh, because i mentioned in, so in the third quarter, he has the monster gunk, right? Like it's off of a turn. I think it was. Uh, a George war, Hill. There's it it a war. There's a war of steel yeah. to uh, back to George Hill, Hill back. And then it's coming through. And like, there was two or three times in the first quarter in the first half, maybe uh, where Brooke, like challenged Morant at the rim. and was like, all right, you're not going to dunk on us. And then that one was like, you know what guys, I'm tired of your shit. Like, can someone just stay in front of John Morant? Cause I'm done challenging dunks all the time. And I mentioned that it was a business decision by Brooke Lopez. And I felt a little bit bad because like, I don't know if it's actually a business decision in the preseason. Like maybe it is, but you've seen John Morant just go through the turnstiles a bunch of times. I don't know if it counts, but I did feel a little bit guilty for for calling Brook out for that one, for not challenging at the rim.
1: Well, as far as nicknames, you can really call players whatever you want. When I used to listen to the uh, the great Ted Davis, I'm pretty sure I used to call Dante Divincenzo Double D's. Which, you know, I mean, hey, if, <laughs> if, if that's if that's what you want to roll with, that's totally fine. But uh, I'm probably going to get in trouble here, so let's wrap this up before before we. Before we bring it to an end, i remind you guys about the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast with my fellow Aussie Josh Lloyd, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. They're doing ridiculous numbers. And as we always do, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every day. You can get it free on your podcast feed and now on YouTube, uh, Frank. We're over seven hundred. on. I think this podcast might be the one that bumps us to a thousand subscribers. We, I mean, Eric's a big, big name guest. We know. Wait, wait a second. Primary. Wait a second. If if we get to a thousand,
0: can I get some free built bars sent to me?
1: Yeah, I'll will forward the email of David Locke. You should have that still <laughs> in your contact list, and <laughs> and he might be able to sort you out there. So okay,
0: okay, all right. I, I would prefer a, a verbal agreement uh, here on the podcast before we do that, but that's okay. I'll. I'll do it anyways. I'll try to help you
2: get there. You you just sure. need to offer. You just need to offer to like you know give Bill Bar a shout out in your you know your very famous Instagram hashtag NBA Road Eats um, oh, series. As officially you know,
0: sponsored NBA Road Eats. That's a great idea, Frank. I like where your head's
2: at. You know NBA Roads hashtag NBA Road Snacks maybe. I don't know. Yeah,
0: absolutely. No, this is a great idea. I like where your head's at.
1: I don't want to be a pessimist, but let's be honest, you're going to have a bunch of canceled and delayed flights this season. And built bar is the ultimate snack for a delayed flight when you're sitting at the airport. So keep that in mind. You'll be able to get your coconut built bar. Uh, That'll be delicious. Thanks fellas. This was, uh, this was fun. It's always
2: fun to hang out with you guys. Had a great time. We should, we should, uh, we should do this again soon guys. Um, you know, I I look forward uh, over Christmas, Eric, I look forward to grabbing a slice of Rockies with you, but hopefully we'll, podcast. hopefully we'll podcast before then. And Kane,
0: are you managing to God find your way where... up here for uh, ring night, Frank?
2: You know, it's funny because um, uh, this this soccer game I went to tonight was the second sporting event I've, or first sporting event I've been to since ring night. The second sporting event I've been to since the pandemic started. Um, and uh, I I did not get covid. Uh, going to game six of the NBA finals, but I did get a bad cold. And then subsequently everybody else in my family got a bad cold. And I've talked to a number of other people who like friends in Wisconsin, some of whom went to the game or, you know, went to games in the playoffs. And it seemed like there was like, just like a really bad cold that was going around at that time. Um, And I don't know, part of it's just like all of us like hiding away in our homes for a year and then, finally emerging and being exposed to, you know, viruses, not, not COVID, but cold viruses. Right. Um, so I don't know if that's why, like, I mean, I swear I had like a cough for like a month, five, five weeks, maybe. Um, and so I, I took multiple. So that's COVID-19. a no
0: on ring night.
2: So that's a no on ring night. I actually have tickets. I actually have tickets, but, um, I had to, I had to campaign pretty hard just to be able to go to this soccer game, which was outdoors and I wore a mask just because I did not want to be accused again of, like, getting, you know, giving my sweet. whole family um, sure. an illness. Again, thankfully, it wasn't COVID last time. But, uh, but yeah, um, it's, uh, it's just Christmas the world we it is. In right now. That's so sweet. Christmas I'll is... You. I'll see you at Christmas. We, we do have, uh, yeah, my, our neighbors, uh, my dad already uh, asked me about getting tickets uh, through our old tickets, which we gave to our neighbors, and they offered so I think I've got, I think we're going to get tickets to the, I think the 22nd and the Christmas game. I'm hoping to, uh, hit up the Christmas game, but yeah, I am bummed to not be able to do ring night. Um, and I'm, I'm going to have to get rid of my tickets because, um, yeah, another 24 hour visit to Wisconsin is, is, uh, is not, I have, I've got that. That's a, that's a business decision, by the way, Eric, um, <laughs> that's a different kind of business decision that I'm, I'm having to make to, uh, stay in the good graces uh of of my wife who is a rockets fan
1: smart fan smart man well the good news is that you ate so much rocky rococos when you were there in june in june july that it's actually still in your system and it'll be there till till december so uh, it's like a the, bear
0: hibernating
1: yeah so so that's that's the that's the positive you're still storing it in the system you're giving him energy each and every I day have, i have
2: have a bunch of i have a bunch of sauce in my in my cabinet here too so yeah. um that's that's what i like literally like if, if i buy pizza that's not rocky's I will put some of the sauce in a little, little cup, warm it up, and then dip the non-rockies pizza into the rocky sauce, just to simulate a little bit of that uh, that hometown, hometown feel. But so I'm I got to get back, got to get my rockies, got to get my cops. Um, there is a Culvers here. I'm not as big of a Culvers person because I we didn't have a Culvers near me when I was growing up, so that was kind of a newer thing. But Culvers is good. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah shout out to shout out to wisconsin fast food love it yeah the last Rockies joke i have
1: is uh, frank actually puts the rocky rococo sauce in his air pur- purifier at home so his whole house actually is, <laughs> just smells like Rockies. anyway it's been a little while since we finished the podcast talking about Rockies, so this this kind of feels nice this feels nice back to little circle back to our old ways um all right i i really gotta go now fellas appreciate it always great to catch up with you guys there is a box game. Tomorrow, we won't be podcasting on the weekend, but we'll be back Monday. We'll wrap it all up as the preseason continues to roll on. So, for our great friend Eric and Frank, we'll catch you guys next time.